entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. amazing and wise co-host dr angel falzoni and you are all of that and more you well, know thank you i could come up with all kinds of adjectives <laughs> and we are uh, we've been in this doing this show for about a year and a half i started to say we're in our second year we are but halfway through our second year dr angel is a phd licensed mental health counselor just finished a dissertation Things are going very well for your career, plus you have a lot of therapists that work under you. Is that correct? That is totally correct. And they listen in to their boss, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, it's probably one of their requirements. <laughs> Who knows? But, you know, we, this is such a fun show to do. You know, when we began it September of 2014... We had a vision for this show. We had an idea of what we wanted to do, life coaching people with really serious issues and fun topics, too. And sometimes our topics are crazy and really out, out there, and we love it. But this series we've been on for the last three weeks, this is number four, probably the last one in this series, and then we'll switch gears, is really serious stuff, isn't it, Dr. Angel? Yes, it is. It has been a serious series, but a needed series, and we're just talking all about addiction. That's the title. You know, it's the elephant in the room for a lot of people. Oh, I like that, because it is. You it know, is. I, you know, I don't think there's hardly a family that's not affected in some way by some form of addiction. Not, I agree Not with necessarily you. drug addiction, because we have made that clear in the series that there's more than one kind of addiction shopping addiction yes which shopping gambling pornography right people addicted to people and relationships we just did two shows on that we have the last two shows prescription on drugs right. street drugs substances addiction can alcoholism be so much it's it's really behavior that takes over in your life <laughs> it does and it kind of whirlwinds things out of control and you know right. what a lot of us have someone in our life that's struggling with some kind of addiction and so tonight we're really going to focus on loving 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 someone in an addiction because that can be really hard it can because it's too easy just to get mad and cut people off and say out of my life and that kind of thing because of the 
problems associated with dealing with an addict, no matter what kind of addiction it is. So we're going to talk about all of that. And before we get to that, if you want to be involved in tonight's show, the way you do that is you call 727-441-3000. And our wonderful engineer tonight, Bobby, in the control room, will answer the phone and patch you right in here to the studio where Dr. Angel and I are. And we would love to hear from you, your questions, your comments. Sometimes people get kind of nervous and they don't want to call in. My phone is right here beside me, and our Google text number is 727-888-4171. You can text a question, and I will try my best to look at it. (laughs) But I I do normally feel the vibration on the table, so uh, just feel free to use that Google text number, 727-888-4171. If you want to get involved in the show, make a comment ask a question and as always we really want people to go to our website and catch all the old shows don't we absolutely it's a great resource of support and guidance and help to kind of get you through when you're getting a little stuck well we've got a year and a half of shows on there at the end of this month our webmaster at the end of each month puts the shows like for april now are going to go on goyard2014.org org which is our website so there's tremendous resources and they have titles so it's not just shooting in the dark you can actually look for the series on boundaries or addiction or or whatever it is you're going yeah, through exactly so we welcome you to go there get acquainted with our website goyard2014.org now let's get into this dr angel all right because i am excited about this show because we have all of us that have addicts of any kind in our lives need to learn how to love them through the situation because as i said a moment ago it's very easy to shut people out of our lives that are not behaving properly in our estimation correct absolutely you know it's funny i think i see two extreme responses they either shut the person completely out or they try to do everything they can to help the person but they're overdoing and they're doing too much and they're making the addiction worse right and so there's sometimes two extremes that can happen with this right so we're going to talk about those extremes and we're really going to talk about surviving in this situation those of you out there i'm one of them then i can't speak for you doctor but me personally yes addiction has affected our family in some different aspects and i've i've gone through a lot in this through the years not me personally being the addict but me being the person involved in situations with family members and it's hard it's hard absolutely and it's filled with a lot of negative emotions first of all we're seeing somebody we love on a downward spiral yes and out of control and we don't want them to hurt and we're feeling disappointments yes and sadness and grief and there's all kinds of emotions that get bagged into that and it can make it challenging oh and sometimes we're angry (laughs) <laughs> oh, totally can be angry. You know, and frustrated, you know, that why can't this person decide to, to do better and quit what they're doing, you know? Yes, because when, you know, so we can see it on the outside looking in and it's much more challenging for that addict to kind of see what how their choices are impacting those around them. Right. So the first big step in loving someone with an addiction is coming face to face with reality. Oh, And that just means acknowledging (laughs) this person has an addiction. Right. Yes. Um, We have to, when we, the first step to surviving when we love that addicted person is just accepting that the parts of our, their parts of their lives are going to be out of control. Right. 
And that's not easy sometimes, especially if it's your child, it's your spouse, somebody close to you, um, you know, somebody, a close friend, whatever it might be. It's hard to accept that this condition is dominating in their life and affecting your life also. Absolutely. You know, and just saying that word. What word? Addiction. Oh. <laughs> Acknowledging it. This is I'm what teasing. we're looking at. Yes. Because until we can stamp it, this yes. is what we're looking at. We really can't get proactive. We're hiding it. Why? And that's the reason, right? Why do so many people not face that, let's say, in their child or their parent or their spouse? Well, if we don't acknowledge it, then it doesn't really exist. Uh-huh. Yeah, some bury the head in the sand thing. We don't want to acknowledge it exists. Maybe there's some shame for our family that we right. don't want people to think badly of our family or of us. Maybe we'll feel like it makes us parents that weren't good enough or, um, you know, some, some form of failure on our oh, yeah. part. Oh, definitely. I've talked to a lot of parents that are struggling with that very concept, feeling like they are the ones that messed up or did not do something correct, and they, therefore they have an addicted child. Absolutely. And I hear that all the time in the therapy room. What did we do wrong? Where did right. we go wrong? Right. Yeah. And so taking that off and just let's call it what we have. We have an addiction. Right. And let's start acknowledging what that means. And so just knowing that we're dealing with an addiction. We love a person in addiction. Right. The person is not their addiction. It's that's, a disease, isn't it? It is a disease. And that's not their identity, but they are in an addiction. And when that happens... There's a lot of things going to be out of your control. You okay. can, we can love them. We can support people. But we cannot make other people's choices as much as we want to try. Oh, doctor. Oh, say that again. And so I can hear it very loud and clear because I need to hear it as much as everybody else does. Because so often we feel that we can make that person change, the addict. Absolutely. Because we... Just we put them in a position sometimes to rely on us so that we can kind of help control some of their behaviors. Oh, yeah. But we can't control anybody's behaviors. They just get better at sneaking around it and trying to hide right. it. Yes. We can only control how we respond to the addict. So we uh, Very good. Bobby's <laughs> on it tonight. He's on it. Yes. So here's what I see a lot of times. I see when people don't want to acknowledge it, they live in this kind of fantasy world i call it right. the disney world mentality okay. where they kind of just believe if we don't put a label or a stamp on this things are just magically going to get better one day oh yeah yeah and so with the magic pill i hear about it all the time it does not exist okay ignoring it not labeling it is not going to change that it's here right and people need to quit taking it personally for themselves if it's their child their spouse or whatever and quit you know saying oh what did i do wrong that really could you address that one more time I, I feel like that as a parent i've been through this and i know that that's an easy thought pattern to have what was wrong with me how did i mess up with this child and then i've had people say well what about your other children they're not addicted True, and there is a lot of shame based with it, which is right. what keeps it hidden and in secrecy because we do want to self-blame and feel like, oh, this person's choices was a direct result of something I did or didn't do. Right. And each person has a choice to make. Right. You know, I've seen people who've had horrendous uh, childhoods and life stories growing up and they become, they're resilient and they have very successful adult lives. And I've seen some people who've had very great childhoods and they're stuck on heroin or another addiction. Yes. And so every person has a choice to make and right. life is about choices. And so 
you know, we give our kids the best we can give them, and that's all the tools we have. So we can't self-blame and take the shame for someone else's addiction. But, you know, speaking from experience, it's very easy for the addict when things aren't going the way the addict wants. Not enough money for the habit or or having consequences legally or whatever that they have to face to blame the parent, the spouse, or the the people closest to them, they tend to, that's part of the addiction, don't they? Absolutely. Blame somebody close to them, especially their mother, I would think. You know, it's kind of part of the manipulation cycle. Yes, it is. And so if they can keep the focus off of them and on to someone else, then... right. It kind of gives them a get out of jail free card in their hand. You're not, we're not expecting you to change now. This is someone else's fault. Right. So that's where boundaries come in. Uh When I know what I'm responsible for and what I'm not, then when I hear words that say, oh, well, this, I'm addicted to this because you, 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 I know that's not true. I know this is a poor choice you're making. Right. And this is on you. And so we won't take that in as a personal failure on our part. So... We might encourage our audience, if you just identified with that whole concept just now, you really need some people in your life that you can talk to and bounce those things off of when the attack comes at you to remind you, no, this is the addict's choice. Absolutely, because every person has choices. We have we are free will. Yes. And we all have choices and we can make good choices. We can make poor choices. And even experiencing tragedy in our lives does not give us the green light or the excuse card for addiction. Addiction is another part of those choices and cycles that come on. So we can't take responsibility for the person we love's poor choices. And that can't be said loud enough. Very true. There we and go. So we where, have a bell. We do. And that's where a lot of people really get stuck. So they're taking responsibility. They feel like it makes them less than a failure. Now, I don't want people to know. Right. So it's a secrecy. This thing. person's failure is now my failure. And so it does keep the secrecy. And, and anything kept in the secret can't be healed. Right. Yes. And so we have to expose what it is. Right. Call it what it is. It's addiction. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. That's a very important point right here. I mean, this should be able to help our audience because our goal for the show is learning how to love the addict, right? Yes, it is. Not condemn the addict, not... Not make them stop being an addict. That's their (laughs) own choice. We can't do that. I couldn't give you a show on that. I wish I could. Right. But that's that's not something we can do. We can't make their choices, but we can learn how to respond to their choices. You know, years ago when I was seeking some therapy for help dealing with the uh, an addict, one of a couple addicts in my life, I went to a therapist who's a very good friend of mine, and, and I was expressing that, you know, I, I don't know what I've done, you know, that causes this child to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me and she said, boy, you sure are powerful, aren't you? Absolutely. You want to amplify all that? Boy, well, it stopped me short. Because we're taking on responsibility I for did. things that are and not I ours. I did. She goes, oh, you're so powerful. You caused your child to become an addict. And that and that's a lie that a lot of people exactly. buy into. Yes. And I mean, it really got me thinking, oh, whoa, wow. No, I'm not that powerful. And I would not wish it on anybody. No, and no one is. Right. And so we have to start. That's where we have to start acknowledging it, labeling it, calling it what it is, and taking that elephant out of the room and calling it an elephant. Yes. Let's keep it out of the secrecy, Ben. 
And not only did we not cause it, but we cannot fix it. Yeah, here's that. See, that's the slippery slope. Most people take <laughs> responsibility. Oh, this is my fault, my child or my friend or whoever is addicted. But you want them not to be addicted. So if you were so powerful, you caused it. <laughs> wouldn't you use that same power to get them out? Get them out of that. It's right. not true. So can't that's a lie. And we, get, we have to call that what it is. That's right. a lie. Yeah, you can't fix it. All right. <laughs> oh, good sound effects tonight. Yes, love it. There's no way that we have that kind of personal power to no. cause addiction or, and or to fix addiction. Absolutely true. So that is a truth for tonight that people really need to hear. And, you know, when people think they can fix it, doctor, isn't it usually motivated because they just love that addict so much? I mean, seriously. True. But sometimes it's more of a... Oh, I, I, I don't know how to explain this. It's not the kind of love we need for them. No, it's the what? unhealthy love. Okay, what you want to explain that? Because I don't even know what I'm trying no, to ask you. No, and actually we're going to kind of hit it. We're going to hit on it. Well, we can hit on it right now. We cannot f- control or fix another person. Okay. So we have to stop trying. The only person you can control is you. You're looking at that person in the mirror. You do not have any control of what the addicted person does. Okay, but let me play the devil's advocate right here. Okay. It is, um, it's very addicting Mm -hmm. for the person that is trying to cope with an addict in their life. And really, it kind of goes back to our last two shows on codependency. Mm -hmm. It's addicting to try, try, try. Try to fix it. Try to fix it. And that's where codependency comes in. And so we just keep trying and we just keep, okay, I'll try this and I'll try this and I'll throw money at it. Yep. Or I'll rescue you or I'll pay your rent. I'll watch your kids. I'll, that's that codependency. And we have to stop that because that's the cycle feeding addiction. It's addiction feeding addiction. And we're going to just grow things like a snowball. So we want to learn healthy ways of loving an addict. And we need to cultivate that wisdom. We need to know what's the difference between what I can and cannot change. Right. Stop trying to control and fix what I cannot change. Right. Too hard. That's hard. And, you know, if that's physically making that list, what I can control or change and really looking at what's my responsibility and what I can't. Right. Sometimes we just need that tangible view of it. We need possibly somebody to help us work, sort through that, a therapist, whatever. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the rescue. You mentioned that word, mm-hmm. rescue. Because I was a pro at rescue many years back in the early stages of the addict in my life's life. Mm-hmm. And I did drastic things like get on planes and go places and rescue before they got back into the abusive situation with the person, whatever. And none of it worked that I did. And I wasted time and money. Mm -hmm. Um, Heartache, pain, frustration, uh, anger were results. Yes. And and then mad at myself after the rescue fail attempt. Failed, I mean. After the rescue attempt failed. Then I took it out on myself. Like, you can't even rescue properly. You know, this is your fault wasn't but you know and now you can't even fix it right and you're you go down on that downward spiral oh my gosh it was it was really bad this is many many years ago but i tell you what painful times painful 25 years ago but painful and i remember it i remember how i felt to this day 
But what you're describing is what so many people get stuck in, and that's that trap. Yes. That trap of believing that they can fix someone else. Right. We can't. That okay. person has to want to be fixed and work towards their own change. Okay, that brings me to this question. Okay. Where is, quote unquote, the bottom for addicts? You know, you hear that a lot when we talk about addiction. Oh, they have to hit the bottom. Gotta they hit have bottom. To bottom. Gotta Here's hit bottom. the deal. Every person has their own bottom. <laughs> so what may look like a bottom to you or me may not be a bottom to the person who's addicted to something. So can you define bottom for bottom our audience? Just means the more that they're losing, the more that it's impacting their life negatively. Maybe they're losing friends, families, jobs, cars, houses, kids. Who knows what all they're losing, but they're losing things in the process. Right. Because that's what addiction does. It destroys. It destroys. And some people... I mean, they can still be homeless and still out there trying to score their next whatever they need for their fix. Right. And they, that they haven't still hit their bottom yet. Right. And so every individual has that threshold or where they finally are able to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I can't live like this. I need help. And sadly, there's a lot of addicts that never find never their bottom. Never get there. Never get there. Right? And the longer we're rescuing them, the longer we make it for them to be able to find that they need to have help. Yeah. And so that's where our rescuing, we have loving intentions. We want to help them. We love them. But our loving intentions is hurting them. So you're saying that rescuing um, just further promotes the problem and lengthens the time of the addiction in reality. That's what research shows, right? Absolutely. And I watch so many parents and grandparents step in and rescue time and time again bail them out of jail bail them out of this bail you know i've seen parents ro kids rob their parents blind and the oh, parents yeah. won't even call the police oh, yes, yes. i'm like if a stranger broke in and just did that you'd be calling the police like that yes we would you're right but i've heard family members say but we don't want this on his record all right what about their future what about their job right. what about we got to stop thinking about that. No. You know, every choice has a consequence. And when we right. step in and intervene in those consequences for an addict, we're causing more destruction. Absolutely. Because what happens if they break into your neighbor's house and they pull out a gun and now they're dead? Right. Exactly. We have to stop rescuing. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Stop rescuing. Easier said than done, doctor. And that's where we need to look at what I can control and fix and what I cannot. Wow. Truth. We got to find the truth in that given situation, wherever you are. Dear listener, I know this is intense. And Dr. Angel and I have been talking about the fact that it's got to hit home this whole these concepts in order for people to really make progress so we want you to stay with us we're going to have a break and we're going to come right back and we're going to get into more nitty-gritty things that's going to help you deal and love the addict in your life go yard
Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my independent ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. about addiction on Goyard with Dr. Angel Fazzoni and me, Mama Mac. And we are discussing a very serious and complex subject matter. And it affects most people. Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> It's it does. one of those topics that is not a stranger to a lot of us that have had addicts or do currently have addicts in our lives. Whether that be drugs, the obvious, alcoholism, shopping, gambling, pornography, whatever that addiction might be, because there's a lot of different addictions. And I think so often we get into a place as the caretakers or the, you know, friends or family or the spouse or the boyfriend, the girlfriend, that that we try so hard to fix it. And we just talked in the first part of this show that we can't really fix it and then we start feeling bad about the fact that we can't fix it i know we do and we take on (laughs) all this responsibility right and we're carrying a lot of bags we don't need to carry and so learning that what i can and cannot fix or what i can and cannot control and in case you're confused you will never be able to fix another person you cannot control another person now that's a bell ringer bobby right there (laughs) there we go And before you amplify on that, if you want to get involved in our discussion, we have a few minutes left in this show tonight, and we encourage you to do that. You can. Sometimes we have call-ins, sometimes we don't. But the number is 727-441-3000. Dr. Angel will be glad to answer your questions, or we'd love to hear your comments. If you want to text us during the show, it comes right here to my phone. And that is 727-888-4171. So that's how you can get involved in the next few minutes. Now, if, you listen, if you're listening to this show on StarcomRadioNetwork.com, which is Saturday and Sunday at noon Eastern, both days, every weekend, 
then you can't call in live. But Thursday nights when our show is, we are almost always here live. And that's right now in the Tampa Bay market. So anyway, um, all right, doctor, back to this. So we tend to blame ourselves. Mm-hmm. We do. We have those times where there's knockdown, drag out fights with the addict. Yep. And we give them a piece of our mind. Yep. And we hope that that piece of our mind <laughs> is going to change everything. <laughs> and here's the thing. So we will either take the blame on for that person's choices and own it, or we'll blame them for every problem that's going on in our life. Yeah. Now, if I didn't have this person addicted in my life, all this. Stop. Stop the blame game. Er, there's no good coming from the blame game. Mm. We need to start looking in the mirror. And what I mean by that is looking in at myself. Okay. And you know what? It's easy to blame everything on the person in the addiction. Oh, we have no money because this addiction or we are, this is going bad because of this addiction. And we can blame them for all the suffering and struggling we're going through. And people will hear us whine and complain Sometimes about it. Sometimes feel sorry for and us. feel sorry for us. But what the value is in is in exploring what am I doing to contribute to the situation. And that's the big E word, right? Mm-hmm. Enabling, correct? True story. So, there we go. <laughs> so often the problem is in the enabler Mm-hmm. That is prolonging the addict from hitting, quote, quote, unquote, bottom. True. So this is what I'm telling us to do is look in the mirror. What do I do to contribute mm-hmm. to what's going on? Learning the difference between enabling and helping. Because there can be a very fine line between the two. Okay. So give us some pointers on that, doctor, because I'll tell you, I think most people... In this given situation with addicts in their lives, especially if they are their children or their spouse or a close family member, would not consider themselves as contributing to the problem, because I've heard it for years, counseling mm-hmm. people myself, they can instead think that they are helping the addict somehow see that he can have a better life or she can have a better life and she can actually have her own place she can actually have a vehicle on and on and on true okay so let's buy her a vehicle so let's look at some of this (laughs) helping somebody maybe watching their kid while they work that's helping somebody Mm. enabling somebody would be paying their rent because Uh they didn't save their money or have their money at the end of the month Mm. and so it's is this behavior i'm doing Helping them to improve themselves, or am I stopping a consequence that yes. they need to feel? Oh, but doctor, as a parent, a grandparent, and and you know, friend, and whatever, I have so often thought that if I could just help them see that this life is better than the life they're in, but it just doesn't work that way, does so it? So when somebody's not ready to see that, we can't, right. we can't force someone to see. And so what I often hear is, well, if I don't do this, then there are like, things are going to be worse for them. And these bad things will happen to them. And, and they catastrophize what could happen to this Oh, addict. I like that word. We've used that a lot on this show. So I have to step in and help. Thank you, Bobby. I like that word. Yes. And here's the thing is, is you are allowing them to stay in this addiction longer. Wow. When we do that, when we stop those consequences. But that is not the way the average enabler thinks. No, they, they're doing it from really good intentions. Right. Out of love. Yes. 
just got to help them. Got to pay their light bill. I don't want them not having electricity or water. There is such a thing as loving too much. (laughs) And enabling. Loving too much. It really is. Enabling is that behavior that we're rescuing someone from those consequences that they need to feel in order to start feeling the pain of their choices. Okay. And I look at parents, grandparents, spouses, all kinds of people all the time. And one of the words that come out of my mouth is, why would they do it different? Why would this person oh, addicted oh. want to do it different? Why? Well, you've paid their rent. You're watching their kids. They can sit home on this <laughs> Xbox. Why the heck would they do it different? I wouldn't do it different. Right. Yeah. And if you don't make a move out and they're 35 and they're still living in your basement and you know, mom's still cooking and doing your laundry and you don't do a darn thing but get high or whatever the case may be. Yes. Good point. Why would they do it any different? There's no motivation to stay, to, to clean up, quote unquote. <laughs> I love it. He and is really on He's it on tonight. It. Yes, he is. We have a good selection. Okay. All right. But that's true. And so you, maybe you need to think about it. Yeah. Is my behaviors or the things I'm doing for them, would it make them want to make a change? No. Not if I'm rescuing and saving them for the pain of their choices. And sometimes it's hard. Like if we have grandkids involved or young children who are victims of what's happening, it can be really hard. Yes. Yes. But the truth of the matter is sometimes some of those hard things have to happen. Right. For someone to really look and say, oh my gosh. Right. This is not where I want my life to be. Right. Instead, we try to hide it, cover it, bury it up and make excuses. Exactly. And it's just so, I know so many people in this very same situation where that is such a shame to them mm-hmm. that they have this going on in their family or their grandchild or whatever that they really can't deal with it because if they deal with it and it becomes public information that they're, the what kids will people in jail, think of me? what will they think? So stop. It's not all about you. First of all, stop. It's not all about no. you. Everyone has struggles in their yeah. life. And the more we worry about what yes. other people are thinking or what's going on, the more we're going to keep this hidden and the more it's going to grow out of control. Right. So we got to just call it what it is. And we have to start looking at what am I doing? Is this improving their life? You know, it's one thing for someone, you know, to work and be a couple hundred shorter on the rent because they just aren't making enough to make ends meet and helping there. Then they blew it, you know, on a shopping spree at, you know, Neiman Marcus. And now you need, so we need to look at what's going on and how we're offering that help. Is this help helping? I know you and I have talked about this. There is a word here that really applies to addicts and the way they behave and it's manipulation, right? Yeah, addiction is so full of manipulation. I want you to really address that, doctor, because, yeah, I believe it is, too. It is. And it's easy to be manipulated when we're not understanding what our boundaries are. And I know I keep reflecting the boundaries. No, the boundaries are so important. Imperative to this. So if I don't know what I have responsibility for and what I don't, it's easy for me to accept responsibility for things that aren't mine. So most of the time, addicts will blame someone else for their problems. Yes. Yes. That's part of the game. And when you accept that blame. Right. Then you're easy for them to manipulate and get you to do what they want you to do so they can keep going in this addiction. Yes. So they're going to make their story 
reflect that you know really you you didn't follow through with me mom on this last thing and you, you know but you didn't give me the money for my bill so you know what well, this blah, is blah, your blah, fault blah, blah. and then this, this your... guilt starts happening yes 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 you know when it happens i've seen it in so many situations they'll throw out oh well you know if you and dad didn't divorce this wouldn't have happened oh, to yeah. me you know oh, this yeah. guilt card and then right you, we're like putty in their hands right it's manipulation they have something they're trying to get right and they're trying to get you to give it to them absolutely and addict behavior actually is a lifelong situation don't you think doctor it can be yes yes it's definitely deeply embedded even i've seen people that they've been clean Mm -hmm. let's say 30 years and they still have that manipulative controlling thing where if you're not going to do it the way they want you to do it they'll shut off communication with you or whatever it is that that pushes your button exactly and if that bothers you well then that's what they're going to do right Mm -hmm. whatever it is and what you have to learn to do is deactivate your buttons so this doesn't work that's so know what what it is that is bothering you am i feeling guilty am i taking responsibility for this problem or their choices are do I feel like I'm the failure? You need to start looking at what you're feeling. Right, exactly. So you can start deactivating those buttons so that we don't have this manipulation because addiction has so much manipulation at the core. Their whole goal is to get whatever it is that they're addicted to. If it's a relationship, if it's an activity, if it's a substance, that's what they want. Right. And so I've seen like relationship addiction, we'll throw that one out, where I want you to spend all your time with me. So anytime this person may go to spend time with another person, they're going to create a crisis. Crisis. To manipulate you oh, back here. Yes, yes, And yes. so it's all about this manipulation. And, so, and to get the attention back on themselves. Yes. Would you say, doctor, that most addicts, it's all about them, generally speaking? Addiction, I mean, that's a yes. big genera- generality, and I realize that. There is a very extreme... Uh, yeah all about me kind of view when we're right. looking because that's the, all they can see all about me in the moment and all about what i need and want in this moment right so i don't really see my behaviors how they're affecting you what you're thinking what you're feeling what's going on in your life those i don't even see they don't even enter into their thought process not at all. do they not at all how can that be i mean as a person who's not an addict me you how can it be that the addicts in our lives really don't see how their behavior, their addiction, their expensive habit or whatever is affecting us? It's, kind of, it's like a tunnel. They're like closed into this tunnel of addiction. And there's no view for them to be able to see that. And so it is a lot all about what I want in the moment, me, 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 now. Right. And so the more I allow the addict to manipulate me, the more they're going to do it, first of all. Oh, absolutely. So what's the antidote? Two letters. The word no. no. Boing. <laughs> Saying no is an important step in stopping that manipulation cycle. Okay. I'm going to, again, uh, ask you another question that goes along with this. Instead of just saying no, what about trying to sit down and reason with them and and plead with them? And I'm, I'm being facetious here, but I, I'm making a point. No. pleading with them please son don't behave like this look what you're doing to your dad look what you're doing to me does that work not at all so they're hearing you like the peanuts character that's what they hear and when we give the word no we do not have to give someone an explanation or a reason 
You don't have to defend it. No is no. But people pleasers, they re- want to relationship act- addicts, which we talked about the last two weeks, want to defend their position and explain it because a part of them, in my opinion, feels guilty for having that position. They do, and they feel guilty, and they don't want you to not like them. So oh, yeah. we need to practice that no muscle. I think I've said it every week in this uh, series, you but have. it's really important. You have. You know, and as we're lo- loving the addict, Start really contemplating, how would my life be better if I wasn't consumed with the the addict's behaviors in my life? Am I taking phone calls all hour of the night? Are they exhausting my financial resources, my time, my energy? Think about what you're putting into this person's addiction. That's exactly. that self-reflection. We really need to have that because that lets us know what, what we can control. We can exactly. control that part. We can put limits on that part. One of the addicts in my life, very close to me, many, many years now, 20, 25 years ago, I did everything, jumped through every hoop. And some listeners who know me personally will know exactly what I'm talking about. Major expenses, ranging for expensive uh, rehabs uh, that I wanted the person to go to, but that person didn't want to go. But I mean, I had it all, you know, figured out, you know, and because of that it continued to when the person failed to follow through and go through the rehab or as in several cases left escaped within two days three days okay and here i'm left with bills and 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 all kinds of problems as a result of all this and thinking back on that now I know that I was trying way too hard to, as we've been talking about in this show, fix it, mm-hmm. okay? And I ended up, the, the very counselor that this person refused to see because they didn't need any help anymore, you know, they left the rehab, whatever, I ended up going to make an appointment, and it changed my life. Even though I was counseling people, as a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, this was very close to home for me in my personal life. And I started, and this this counselor for months really helped me see what, and, and honestly, I cannot stress the importance enough of getting help if you need help, doctor. Absolutely. That's my point. I'm no, trying to make absolutely. Your, because we start to get tunnel vision. We, we do. get consumed in this. Addiction is very consuming. It is. And so... Self-care. Yes. So important. And that's my point. Self-care does not equal being selfish. Mm, and a lot of people I feel like that. guilty when they start to do things for themselves. But we need to do, we need to take care of ourselves and we need to, we're responsible for meeting our own needs. And if we're wasting, we're not wasting, we're spending all of our time meeting other people's needs. We can only give what we have. Right. And we're draining ourselves and we're hurting our health and we're hurting our own things that we need to take care of. Self-care is vital. And you're right. I think a lot of people probably uh, confuse that with being selfish. They do. And it is not selfish. It is necessary. Now, if all you do is self-care, then maybe I'll say it's selfish. But these, this is not the condition for most of us. We should have time alone. Daily, we should be able to take care of things we need for ourselves. Time to reflect. Time to think. Time to take care of our own needs. Every day, Fitness, we should have self-care. Good, good, health, good eating Whatever habits. Whatever that is. Yeah. Every day there should be self-care for us. But unfortunately and sadly, the person that is the codependent with an addict like this, generally speaking, neglect, this is generally speaking, my opinion, 
my own personal experience. They tend to neglect their own mental health, emotional health, physical health, because they're on a mission. They are. And here's the deal. That's your flag that you're in codependent <laughs> relationship. Yes. You have to be able to have your self-care and not feel guilty or selfish for doing it. it because we can we have control over our choices and as an adult we're responsible for taking care of us right and then the things we're responsible for and so if we neglect us we have some relationship issues and maybe we need to go get extra help or professional help that's a big flag it really is and in this four weeks we've been talking about and really hitting some hard subjects here in these last four weeks on addiction i think it all does boil down to personal choices and am am i going to take care of me am i going to quit being focused on the addict in my life whoever Mm -hmm. that might be and really in a codependent relationship all the same concept comes true are am i going to be taking care of myself instead of constantly trying to meet the needs of the needy one absolutely so if you're the kind of person who can't go out without having your phone on or responding to it all the time those are flags right i mean i went away last weekend to celebrate birthdays with the boys and you know what my phone was off the entire weekend and someone says well how could you do that what if somebody needed you what if there's an emergency and i'm like i'm not 911 <laughs> and it will wait till Monday. And that and if you can't do that, that's we need good. to do that. That's we need good. to be able to disconnect, yes. be present with other people. Right. And if we can't do that, those are really big signs that right. we're stuck in this relationship addiction. And so to get out, we need to start rebuilding our own life. Right. And rebuild so, your own life. Good point. We okay. need to stop our own addictive behavior of yes. being addicted to this relationship. <laughs> okay. And enabling people. Wow. People pleasing. Yeah, that's so thank you, Bobby. That is so true. And we need to just start focusing on some of our things. You know, if our life is feeling empty, maybe we need a career or a job or a change. Maybe we need to build friendships or hobbies or things that help us take care of us and fulfill our inner needs and wants yeah so instead of thinking that that's selfish to do Mm -hmm. it's it's self-care it's self-care and it's healthy and we're talking about healthy ways of being in relationships with an addict and yeah and you know it does send a message to the addict too that you're going on with life and i think (laughs) no it sends a message i'm valued oh very good i do have a value i have needs and i'm taking care of those right and even when we let ourselves be an, an addict's beck and call, we're telling them, I have no value. Nothing's important to me. You are the most important. And that's where they get, we, we talked about that self-centeredness. Yes. Well, we're giving it to them. Right. We're making them think the world turns around them. Right. As the world turns. That's right. Wow. So when you start rebuilding your own life, it, you really need to think about a balanced approach. Don't you think mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, spiritually, spiritually socially, mm-hmm. all of that. You know, if you've been one of those people that just hide out at home waiting for the phone to ring or the attic to show up on your doorstep, now's time to change that and get out and go somewhere. <laughs> do, do something. things do things for you find right. a hobby uh, go to your local craft store there's tons right. of cool things you can do do a sport play, whatever it is that feeds you exactly start cultivating those things inside of yourself absolutely you are valuable absolutely develop your spirituality absolutely there's so much to discover there yes there is so much to discover there and those are the things that keep us healthy and strong right and we need to cultivate that the word no keeps us healthy and strong 
Boy, you can't say enough about that word no, can you? Four are... weeks, and we just have heard you say it over and over again, but I want you to say it again and explain why no is so important one more time. No is huge important because it's helping us with our boundaries and helping us know what we're responsible for, what we're not responsible for. So we need to stop taking extra responsibilities and stop saving people from consequences. Right. Stop that saving that them. That helps keep yes. this healthy relationship yes and the this is one of my top priority things is don't wait for the situation to get spin out of control and be totally bad to reach out for help right get help now and again back to the point where so many codependents or the people that try to help addicts their problem so often is shame I want you to address that one more time. It's very shame-based. They believe yeah. it's they're, they're taking on the responsibility, the fault, the failure, and it's very shame-based, and it makes them look less than right. or something is wrong with them, and so we keep it hidden. Here's the deal. It is not about you. You need to get help. The quick sooner we get help in the addiction cycle, the better it is for everyone concerned. Right. Because I can learn healthy ways of relating to this addicted person and grow stronger. And isn't it, uh, do you find this in your practice and, you know, with your, your therapist and so forth, that the addict begins to react when the codependent enabler starts setting boundaries and saying no? There's, there's usually, expect a reaction. Oh, there's totally a reaction. And it's not a happy one. So, yeah, they're not going to go, yes, you're yeah, not giving so me my rent money. Glad you're not giving me my rent money. They'll get ticked. <laughs> and it is what it is. Right. But that's that people pleasing. We, we got to stop. Yes. Our, our, who yes. we are is not valued yes. in people being happy with us all the time. Sometimes they're not going to be happy, oh, but yeah. it's for their benefit. Yes. That yeah. they feel some of this own pain. So there's some really great support groups. Get on Google and there's groups for people who love people in addiction. So, you know, um, there's the Al-Anon groups and the Alateen groups. And those are for people who have like alcoholics in their lives. And it's but really you know helped. what? When we're talking about addiction, it really doesn't always matter what they're addicted to. There's a lot of the same cores that of the experience, the disappointments, the, you know, the failures, the fear, the, all of that wrapped up. Get to a support group where you can feel supported. In other words, doctor, face it. Face it. Get help. Audience, face it because it's not going to get better on its own. You made that point at the top of the show, doctor, and I think it's an excellent point. We sit around as enablers and codependent people and think it's just going to one day wake up and the addict's going to quit doing all the stuff the addict does. But the true path of addiction, alcoholism, all of these things is it gets worse and worse. It does. It grows. And so you have a role in this. Everyone has a role that's related to an addict. Find out your role and do something about it. I can't change the addicted person, but I sure can change me. Right. So do your research. And, and you started, we talked about at the beginning of this hour, loving the addict. We're not saying quit loving them. No. Or we're not even saying don't be, we're not even saying be mad at them. Not at all. Right. Don't be angry with them. It's, it is a disease. It is something that they're struggling with, but they have pulled you into their mm -hmm. inner circle of addiction. Their web. Their web, so yes. Stop taking their responsibility and blame. Right. And that's where you need to get help and get healthy. We can love them, but realize where our boundaries are. I'm back to boundaries and know what we're responsible for and not. 
and it actually frees us to love them in a very healthy way. It reminds me of when you and I both were young mothers and we were teaching the kids not to uh, touch hot stoves or or go, go out in the street, you mm-hmm. know? Okay, why were we doing that? Because we didn't want our kid to get hurt, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so, you know, we have, even as parents and people that love addicts, it's okay to love them, but still allow them to learn the lesson sooner rather than later. True. And when we step in and intervene in consequences, we're hurting them in the long run. And it's not helping. Right. So just start, get help, call it what it is. And start using those boundaries and learning your boundaries and your responsibility and start changing how you respond. That's it. Change how you respond. That's it right there in a nutshell. This was number four of All About Addiction that we've just done for the month of April. And we really encourage you to get back into our website here next week. All of April's shows will be there. But in the meantime, they're right here on Tantalk1340.com. Go to podcasts, go to Go Yard, and you can hear any of the shows you've missed. Tell a friend about Go Yard. We want to hear from you. Send in your questions for our question and answer shows. We'll have another one very soon to goyard2014 at gmail.com. Check out Facebook. We're on Facebook 1340, right? Yes, we are. Goyard Yard 1340. Come like us. Yeah, do. Absolutely. And we want to hear from you, audience. So tell people about Goyard. And as always, know that it's all about healthy living. It's all about hitting a home run in life instead of striking out. And this has been Dr. Angel, Dr. Angel Falzoni, the great wise one, and Mama Mac. And we'll see you next week on Go Yard. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.